You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. So I'm excited to talk about our role as women leaders. Um, well, for those of you um, who don't know me, a lot of you don't know who I am. My name is Angela, and um, I've been a Christian for 29 years. <laughs> it's not her phone. That's hilarious. <laughs> I've been a Christian for uh, 29 years. So since I was, my joke is, since I was three. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I um, have served in a lot of different capacities as a leader. Most recently, I was full-time in the ministry up until June. Sad face. Um, but I served as a Bible talk leader, as a family group leader, in all different roles. And so this is something that's near and dear to my heart. And I think there's a lot that God, even in preparing this lesson, has cleared up with me about what it means to be a, a woman leader. So I wanted to start out by thinking about you know our view of female leadership there's uh, i mean there's so many things out there in the world that define what a woman leader is like i'm sure there are images going through your head like of powerful female leaders and when i think of them the adjectives that come to my mind are strong aggressive powerful they're at the top of their they're the head dogs right um assertive Confident, definitely D's. <laughs> um, in charge, controversial, first, authoritative. And some of the women that came to my mind, um, women in the entertainment industry like Oprah Winfrey, right? Obviously, top dog, you know, billionaire, billionaire. Um, in the political role, Hillary Clinton, maybe our next president, I don't know. <laughs> um, Margaret Thatcher. You know, there's these women are they those adjectives describe them. Right. And then I started thinking about, um, you know, corporate women like women in the corporate world. They're they're the top. They're the head. They're the decision makers. The power is in their hands. And when I started thinking about female biblical leaders or biblical female leaders, that whole those adjectives started to change up a little bit for me. Like I was thinking about the adjectives that go with them, like Hannah and Mary, Rahab. You know, you guys are doing great in the sun, by the way. <laughs> um, Rahab, all those different leaders. The adjectives were different. The adjectives were submissive, second, followers, humble, faithful. God reliant. Their power was Holy Spirit power, not from position or authority or wealth, you know? So it was really a different thing. So that that got me going. So <laughs> led me to a further Bible study. So you guys are coming down the rabbit hole with me right now. Um, um, and as we reflect on our roles as women leaders, you know, this dichotomy between what the world t- teaches as leadership, even though it may not, may not directly be teaching it, it's indirectly being diffused into our mindset can trickle into our biblical view of leadership. And there's a big dichotomy because sometimes we can think, how many of you have thought this? I got to take care of my group this week. You know, every, everything rests on me. I got to get this thing done. You know, you might even pray about it, but you're still thinking, I, I need to get this. You know, it kind of infiltrates our thinking. Those looking at our roles as us being kind of the one in charge. But that's not the biblical standard. In fact, whereas Oprah or some of those other women are the heads, in our situation, we're the servant. And who's the head? 
Yeah, God, all the power rests in him. So that's the difference between the two views. And for me, that was kind of like, oh, I mean, I think I knew it, but I hadn't really considered it and thought it through. So I think what sets us apart as biblical women leaders is, and what clarifies our roles is all in relationship to our relationship with God. So my first point is to fulfill your, our role as leaders, we must know God. We must be in relationship with him. We must know ourselves. Um, and so how many of you have met a leader, quote unquote a leader, spiritual or otherwise, and they don't seem to be quite in line with, you know, what they teach? Okay. <laughs> you know, the age old. And, you know, sometimes I've been that leader. You know, sometimes I'm not connected to the power source. And so in your role as women leaders, we're always needing to think about the source of our power. It's not in us getting studies or in us um, helping people become Christians or in us taking care of this person's heart. Those things all flow from one source, and that source is is God. And it's very different, I think, from the way the world view that views things. Um so I want to look today in God's word to see what God says about his role for us as women. And and first, I want us to think about God. And so this time, um, since it's a, a different setting than what I was expecting, I'd like to get about nine volunteers to help me with this section. You don't have to do any calisthenics. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to give you some scriptures to read. And if you can kind of, I think the best way to do it is if you can make your way down. And then I'll give you scriptures to read. Maybe that's the best way. Okay, perfect. Um, (laughs) Thank you, guys. So um, if you can read Psalm 19, verse 14. If you can read Psalm 104, 34. Aaron, if you can read Psalm 119, 97. And sister, if you can read Psalm 48, 9. And can you read Psalm 119, 148? And can you read Psalm 77, 20, uh, 12? And then, Lisa, can you read Psalm 119, 15, and 27? And, oh, you guys get the good ones. Tiffany, can you get, not that any of those other ones are bad. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Philippians 4, 8. <laughs> and then, Sister Matthew 6, 6. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so good. Thank you. Give them a hand for helping out. So um, we have to know God. And and so what I want to do right now is basically like a big group quiet time. Because <laughs> I figure that in order to know our roles as leaders, we need to first know God. And all of us made a decision to become Christians. And God start working in our lives to change us. We can't fulfill our role as leaders without having an intimate relationship with him. So I saw, I had this quiet time with some of the leaders in the ISST um, in June, and it was really great for me to think about God and meditate on him. So all these scriptures are about God and helping us to meditate on him. So without further ado, I'll just have the women come up and read the scriptures one after the other. Thank you. We'll start with you. You said 19, not 119 for me, right? 19. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Can you lose the scripture? Oh, sorry. 
Psalm 104, verse 34. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Psalm 48, 9. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Psalm 119, 148. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Psalm seventy-seven, twelve. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Psalm 119, verse 15 and verse 27. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. In verse 27, let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Matthew 6, 6. Well, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's like a cool glass of water, right? I mean, I love those scriptures. I read them again in my quiet time this morning. And um, some of them talk about meditating on God's promises. Some of them talk about recalling his good deeds. Like last night we got to hear this amazing man recall all the stuff that God has done in his life. Wasn't that powerful? And when you, if you imagine sitting in your room and meditating on what God has done for you, all of you could get up here and share amazing things. That's how powerful he is that he can touch each one of us. So I think it's important for us as leaders and considering our role that we first be intimate with God. Like, and that requires us to know him. And we don't just know him by, you know, reading a scripture and coming to retreat. Some of the real work of getting to know God happens in the valleys, and it happens in the prayer closet, and it happens when we're actually meditating and absorbing his word. You know, I find that's the case for me. Sometimes as a leader, how many have thought this? I'm too busy. Or someone has said to you, I wanted to get time with you, but you're so busy. I'm, Right. Um, busy is an acronym, B-U-S-Y, for being under Satan's yoke. It's like <laughs> Jesus' yoke is easy, but Satan's is really tough. And if it's getting tough for you, then I propose that maybe you need to focus on the real source. You know, you're either under this power source or you're under this power source. And they're very different. And I love these scriptures because they're, they're a way for you to start meditating and thinking and recalling God, not just recalling, but remembering what he's done for you specifically, and then holding on and receiving his word. It's it's almost like you can't do one without the other. That's key to our role as women leaders, just as disciples. But um, I, I wanted to share a little bit. I got so busy in doing things that 
I forgot to listen to what God was telling me. You know, like uh, my mom got really sick. Um, she got Alzheimer's about three years ago. And then back in uh, August of last year, she called me crying. And she's like, Nisi, my, na- my nickname is Nisi. Nisi, I need you to come help me. And when you get a call like that from your mom, that's like, that's the real deal. And I was freaking out and I was, you know, and Sean had, me and Sean had been talking a little bit because she was going through something similar with her father um, about my mom prior to that, her Alzheimer's and what I should do. And and God had whispered, just like delicately, go help her out. Like before it became, before I got the phone call, there had been at least several whispers. One even came from Sean. You know, like I did this with my parents. Maybe you should do this. Just a little thing. But because I was so busy taking care of other people, I didn't listen to what God taught me. And I think back on that and I go, wow, Angela, that's a huge lesson to learn. That's a hard lesson to learn. Right now I haven't talked to my mom in a year. You know, my sister got power of attorney and won't let me speak to my mom or see my mom. And this is my mom who I would call every uh, week and she we end the conversation. I love you. I love you more. I love you more. <laughs> like her nickname is Happy. So that's the type of relationship we had and that's gone. It's been gone for like a year. And I think, you know, it's all tied to us knowing God. We're going to go through suffering, as you saw with Mike. I'm, I, I was probably meant to in some way go through this. But, wow, I could have learned so much if I listened to God, if I'd been reflective of what he was showing me, even in the gentle whisper. So that was really powerful to me. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question. How are you in listening to God? How is your time with him? Are you intimate with him? Um, do you know yourself and do you know what he thinks about you and what he wants for you to do? I mean, this is all a part of being a leader is being in tune with his spirit. You know, this weekend we found out a lot about who we are as individuals. Like how many D's in the audience? Yeah, all three of you. <laughs> four, four. <laughs> oh, five. <laughs> um, how many I's? Nice. S's? C's? Cool. <laughs> and I don't know if it's this way for you, but um, I, I learned that I'm an I and an S. Um, but I'm, I swear, you guys, when I got baptized, I was a C. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think I was like, I transformed. And then like a few years ago, I was a D. So I don't know where this came from. I, I think God like transforms us. And, and I think he wants us to get in some sense of balance. So knowing who you are is going to be um, impacted by your knowledge of God. Like, as you get transformed in him, like, take what you've learned this weekend. This is a huge opportunity for you to be transformed by God. I want to read to you a scripture that talks about the balance that God wants to give in your life. It's Ecclesiastes 7, verses 14 to 20. And um, it's one of my favorites. It says, Do not be overrighteous, neither be overwise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be overwicked, and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. And two verses stick out to me. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. 
And in the uh, the Proverbs, it starts out saying that the the knowledge of God, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And the next verse says, wisdom makes one person more powerful than 10 rulers in a city. And if you think about those women I mentioned to you, Oprah, the billionaires, the Margaret Thatcher's, the power base that they have is built on a worldly value system. One wise person, one, per, one sister, one woman of God surrendered to God, who knows who they are and knows what God wants for them, can be more wise than 10 Oprahs, can be more powerful than 10 Hillary's. You know, and it, it's not about us having a sense of power, but it's about us being connected to the source. That's, that's the thing that flows through us. And that's the thing that I want us to be able to attach ourselves to. It's it's great that we know what our type is. Now let's let God get you balanced, get you in line with who Jesus is. This weekend, I think for each one of us is a huge opportunity, like for us to meditate on God, for us to know who we are before God and to know who God wants us to be. Um, And so I want to close with uh, one of my favorite passages and a question. The question is, what does God want from you as a leader? And in um, Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40, it's my favorite. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus gave us the answers to the pop quiz he's like everything hangs on these two things you know if you go through the whole bible and you look at the ten commandments all of them are oriented around these two love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself the first commandment thou shalt have no other god before me love god first right all the other nine were all about relationships do not kill do not steal do not destroy do not murder Like all those commandments are about how we treat each other. And this scripture summarizes everything. This is what God wants from us as a leader. It's the same thing he wants from us as a Christian, you know, to put him first and to love. So what does God want from you? I think I had to ask myself this question. And um, a few years ago, a lot of stuff happened in uh, the coastal region of our church. And it was really painful to watch, you know, like there was... A lot of unrest, a lot of painful things happened. There were people who lost their walk with God, got divorced. You know, some of us held on to each other in faith and go and went like, "Wow, this is intense." You know, it's it's not like what Mike described. I feel kind of even embarrassed sharing it in comparison what Mike described. Disciples are going through in the Middle East, but it was hard for us here. And um, God just showed me a lot. And what I want to share some of the things I learned from that time. Um, some decisions that I made. The first decision I made is all hinges on Matthew 22 was I will serve God because I love him. Not because of anyone else, not because I'm a leader, but I'll serve him because I love him. I serve God because I love his people. You know, as motley crew as we are, (laughs) uh, we can hurt each other like nobody else. (laughs) But like I will, I serve God because I love his people. I serve God unconditionally because he asked me to. I serve him happily in whatever he wants, whenever he wants it, (laughs) and trusting he knows best because I'm a servant of the source. And um, I serve God in truth with no impure motives or agenda. 
I serve God faithfully because if I don't do it in faith, it really doesn't matter. So those are decisions that I made. And those are things I want to put forth to you when you ask yourself, what does God want from you as a leader? Um, Another prophet asked the same question. And the answer was really similar to the one in Matthew that Jesus gave. Um, In Micah 6 verse 8, I'll close with this scripture. He has shown you, O woman, what is good. And what does God require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So our role as leaders are comprised of being connected to God and knowing ourselves and knowing what God has in store for us and, and living it out. So now, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. Here, I'll put that there. Thank you. Thank you. Does anyone need to move into the shade? Do you guys, there's some rocks up there if you guys want to move. Um, there's actually stuff in the back. You might have to sit on dirt, but I was sitting in the sun and I'm really hot. <laughs> so I could only imagine how you guys feel too. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. For those of you, I love the sun, so I don't mind. I don't mind being in it, but yeah, I don't want anyone falling asleep on us here, you know, when I want to be like Paul and watch somebody fall off the rock or something, you know, that'd be a little tragic. Um, you know, it's funny when we first got this title, women's role, but the role of women or whatever it's called, um, the first thing that came to my mind was the difference between the role of man and woman in the church. It wasn't very inspiring. So I was like, is that really God where you want me to go with this? We are going to have a time to talk about that because it is important, but it was clearly not what the Spirit said. Um, because I think it's so much more than that. And going back to the Matthew 22 that Angela just read, she talked a lot about that first part of the commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second part of that is to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's truly where that does summarize leadership, right? It's are we close to God and are we willing to serve other people? What Daniela said this morning is really profound. When she listed out the things that she envisioned in fellowship and when the Bible talk leader said, what is different about that than than about being a disciple? And there was no difference. And it's the truth. It is no different between, it's just how much we extend ourselves, right? It's how much we're willing to put ourselves out there. But leadership isn't just a role. It's a way that we actually can, we grow more with God. It's a way that we serve his people. It's a way that we build up his family. It's a way that we can do something about helping people to go to heaven in a different way. There's lots of ways to help people go to heaven, This is one way that God has instituted, and I believe that women have a powerful role in that. And, um, you know, it's a way that God refines our character. How many of you guys feel like leading has refined your character? Okay, I really feel that way. Maybe some of you, raise your hand. What's one way that God refines your character through through leading? Daniela? To be more loving. Absolutely. Shannon? (laughs) To be more organized. Yeah, her, she's not. Lisa? Yep, that's really good. Yep. Liz? Absolutely, that flexibility of learning how to work with people. And one more over here. Yep. These are all things, and all of us could say amen to all of that, right? Because I do think that leading refines our character, no matter what position of leadership we have. And, you know, I've been in the church now for 27 years, and I've definitely had different times that I've 
had different roles in leadership, you know, and as a young leader, I definitely was, you know, really excited. And I was this, you know, kind of a too fired up young Christian and, um, you know, challenging the brothers left and right. And um, that I'm a little embarrassed sometimes when some of these people that they don't know me anymore, you know, they're from um, our campus ministry days and they'll see me up 20 years later and say, I remember when you said this to me and I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, wow, I'm really sorry. Um, but you know, I needed a more gentle spirit. And I believe if I hadn't gotten the opportunity to lead and have to work with different brothers in leadership and have to learn how to work with different personalities and different types of characters, those things would not have changed. I didn't respect people that had a gentle and quiet spirit. And even a woman who discipled me back in that time, her husband challenged me to, that I needed to become more like that if I was really going to be effective as a leader in God's kingdom. And I was so resentful towards his words. Because that wasn't what I wanted to become. And yet it's exactly what God was calling me to become. Not to become powerless like this weak-willed person, but to have something about me that would attract other women to the kingdom. And so I I think God does that. He refines us. You know, I've had times of being really consumed with um, in leadership with how I compare to other people. Whether it's, you know, like on my Bible talks, not helping anyone become Christians, whether it's like, gosh, everyone in that Bible talk, they love her. Why don't my people like me like that? You know, or whatever. But again, God has taught me through that a lot of it, a, a lot of pride that has had to change, that those insecurities were all have all been rooted and continue to be rooted in pride. You know, I have found myself frustrated at different times about who I am at the core. And the insecurities that I have, the things from my past that come out over and over again, my lack of vulnerability with people, it's so frustrating. And But, I, but God brings it to the surface always through leadership. It's always through relationships I have. It's always through someone I'm studying the Bible with or trying to help in their walk with God. And I know you guys can relate to that. And I've had to choose over the, you know, over the years, as you have, to not be defined by those things, to not listen to the can'ts. You know, you're not this, Sean. You're not that. You're not this person. You're not that person. You're not, you'll never be who she is. You'll never be effective like that person. And I've had to stop listening to those voices and to say, you know what, God and the Bible say differently. And I really believe that about us. You know, and I want you to to think about it. What excuses do you give yourself, you know? Um, for not being everything that you could be, for not really stepping out there in your role as a leader, or maybe just you're entering in, maybe you're just contemplating leadership, and what stops you? What is it in your character? You go, well, but you don't understand. This is just who I am. And trust me, I say that to myself all the time, but God he keeps humbling me through those, through those attitudes and through those feelings. Second um, Peter 1, if you guys want to turn over there, and verse 5 is such a great passage Oh, I gotta find it now. I have my real Bible. Can't just like, can't just like flip over to the, uh, yeah, yeah, no PowerPoint. I can't turn around and look at anything. Okay, so Second Peter one verse five. Second Peter one verse five says, "For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance." And to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in what? Increasing measure. Not if you're born with these qualities and if this is just who you are at your core. It says, no, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
you know, I don't want to be ineffective and unproductive in my faith with God. I mean, that is the worst feeling to feel like you're just kind of a bump on the log and having no impact. And that's not what I signed up for when I became a Christian, you know, and I know you didn't either. We signed up to have an impact in this world, to help people to know him, for ourselves to grow closer to God, to make God known to others around us. But this scripture calls us to change, right, so that we can be effective for God, to grow in godly qualities in increasing measure so that we can be everything that God wants us to be. And we have to stop listening to the voices that say, you can't. You won't be this way. There is no way for you. You know, um, Angela brought up different characters in the Bible, or different women in the Bible and their characteristics. They didn't listen to what the world was saying. Hannah was told no by life. She persevered in faith. Where would our faith be without Samuel? The Bible would be a different thing. You know, Deborah, she didn't accept the fact that around her, she, you know, I don't have a good Bible talk leader. I mean, my guy's just not very strong and... It wasn't her. She didn't accept that. She said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to be who God calls me to be. Abigail, she was in an oppressive marriage. And she didn't accept that. She didn't let that stop her from doing what was righteous. And God blessed it. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was too young, right? She wasn't the right person for the job. But God said, no, you are. And she accepted the opportunity and the challenge. And Mary Magdalene, she's too sinful, She wasn't liked by people. She wasn't somebody people would accept. She didn't choose to listen to those things. She knew Jesus believed in her, and that was really all that mattered. You know, what is something that you have accepted in your heart that you can't do? Think about it for a minute. Is there anything that you've thought to yourself, this is just never going to be me? Does anyone want to share? It's kind of (laughs) hard. Go ahead. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Amen. I definitely can relate to that, and I'm sure that we can. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? Oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, where are you? I can't see you up there. The sun's too high. Yeah, Glenda. Yep. Amen. Yep. Lisa. Um, I think still today, kind of a little related to what Glenda was sharing about being an angry, like anger is sort of the first place I go. So right. just not believing that that's ever not going to be the first place I go. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, I think we all have things like that. And it's not to say we don't have things to change. Right. I mean, none of us are ever going to be able to stand up here and go, I have a, I have grown in increasing measure and in all those things. And I'm done. This is I mean, that'll be a really great day. I guess in heaven we'll be able to say that. But we're not. God doesn't even he didn't even it's not even like that's a huge promise. Like you're going to get to a point, you know, it's just it's just increase in your knowledge, increase in your goodness, increase in your kindness, increase, you know, it's increasing these things because God can help us. You know, I do think that for, you know, for all of us, these are things that are so important just to, to help reach out to the lost world because when we're too stuck on what we can't do, it stops us from being really effective for him. And it, it really could even stop someone becoming, from becoming a Christian that we could be reaching out to. 
And you just never know the impact that you're going to make, even in your weakest of times. And I've certainly had times that, you know, I've been at a super weak point, and God still uses that that weak time in my life for something good. You know, I was um, at, a, at Target a little uh, a few weeks ago and um, shared my faith with this woman named Anna. And when I told her what church I went to, she went like this. Like she literally stepped back and I thought, oh, Lord, here we go, you know. And she said, I went to that church 20 years ago. And I thought, oh, wow, here we go, you know. And um, and she, my daughter was there and um, she pulled my daughter kind of closer and I was like oh wow what is she going to say to Katie and I was like Katie can handle it I know she can handle this whatever this woman's going to say and she's like listen to everything that you are taught listen to everything your parents are teaching you in that church it is gold never let go and I've been texting back and forth with her since that time begging her to come back to church and her her responses to me her last text was if I had listened to everything that Mike and Libby Rock were telling me 19 years ago, I would not have the struggle I have today. And what hit me about that was, do Mike and Libby know who she is? I have no idea. She has never forgotten them. And you know what, sisters? I don't know where Mike and Libby were at 20 years ago. That could have been a really bad day for them. It could have been a really great day for them. They could have been in a really good place spiritually, a really bad place spiritually. But the bottom line of it is this woman has never forgotten the word. She chose not to listen. She chose to rebel. But I believe God is reaching out to her in a very, very special way. And, you know, we have to know that that is how God is is working and not settle for anything less. You know, as we serve, we're going to get tempted, right, to be distracted, burdened, you know, and discouraged, right? I mean, there's a lot that can be discouraging um, about taking on this role of, of, of serving. Um, serving is not, it's not only not fun, it's not only not easy, but there's times it's not even fun, you know? And um, and there's times it's super fun. There's times I, that I love it. I mean, would, I feel so privileged and blessed to be a part of a ministry staff right now. I feel so privileged and blessed to be a part of the singles. Um, but there are days that it's really hard, you know, there's times that I feel like, oh, my goodness, my heart is aching for somebody or it's or someone's mad at me for something and it breaks my heart. It's I'm an S. I don't like to be at odds with anybody. You know, and um, but I, it's just I that's that's part of it. It's part of it. And, and it's helped me to grow. It's helped me to change. And, you know, part of that um, that that importance of overcoming is that we're all when you're in leadership in the church, you're most likely going to be called to serve and to encourage a brother, right, that you're leading with. And not only can it be challenging to serve and encourage the sister, sometimes it's challenging to lead with somebody we're leading with. And, you know, with more brothers, there, I mean, I'm so fired up that for 90 women, we have 70 guys here. I mean, think about this. What if we had had this retreat five years ago? Would it look like that? No. Would we? If we had it three years ago, I don't think it would look like that. I mean, God is working. But you know what? With that, it means that you're going to have to lead with some brothers that maybe haven't led for a while. You're going to have to lead with a brother who's young and just became a Christian. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to you maybe you and you might even be a seasoned vet and you're going to have to do that. And it's and your support and your encouragement to them and the way that you serve the Bible talk will help them. It will help the kingdom to be effective. You know, I really want to um, lift up Lisa Badig and she'll hate me for this. But <laughs> um but, you know, I, I asked Mike, she leads with Mike Hill, who Mike Hill's amazing. He's such a great guy. But when he came into leading the Bible talk, he was very green. Let's just put it that way. And for all of you who know Mike, he's a crazy guy. And, um, you know, he's grown tons in his conviction. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But Lisa has been an amazing support. Now, Lisa's, 
Lisa is a seasoned vet. I mean, she's done campus. She's done teens. She's done singles. She has done everything you can under the sun. And But she has really held up his arms. And when I said, you know, Mike, what do you love about leading with Lisa? He said it's her integrity and her ability to sacrifice and serve. And, you know, Mike has become more like that. He has become more of a servant. I think he's just watched Lisa's leadership and said, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> okay, I can do this, you know. And um, and today when I said, you know, thanks for getting back to me on that, he just said leading with Lisa is amazing. And so, and I know it's not always easy. Lisa gets burdened. She gets discouraged. She gets distracted. I mean, you know, she'll share with you very openly that she has her own discouragements. But I love that she chooses to overcome those things for the betterment of the kingdom. You know, and I think that as, you know, as we go forward and as we're, you know, thinking through this, that really, my two challenges are stop listening to the no's that God tells you. Because some of you should should really be, you know, leading and you're not, you know. Or some of you are too, need to maybe step out and, and put yourself out there more for the people that you're already having a group. And some of you maybe just need to, you know, reevaluate and go, okay, how can I serve even in a deeper way? And don't listen to the no's. And then as you go forward, help, you know, stop yourself from, from listening to the discouragement and the distractions that come around so that you can actually be effective and productive for God in his kingdom. And as we go into the session later on today, at 4.30 when we're going to talk through how we can lead with with um, the guys and we're going to talk very real and honest, encouraging, but real and honest. You know, I was thinking about Priscilla who was able to, she actually was part of encouraging Apollos. I mean, you know, she did it with tact. The guy changed. Pretty amazing. You know, this guy, this guy that obviously had a lot of um, fire and zeal for God and I think, you know, for whatever reason, he listened to, to Priscilla as, as well as her husband. She did it with tact, and I think we can do that as we go forward leading with our brothers. So thank you so much for listening, and have a really great day. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.